Please have a seat. And um, just turn to your neighbor and say, what is going on here? No, you won't do that anyway. I don't think so. Okay, so, so Katie started out the service. Katie started out with the service earlier, and she did a joke, okay? And her joke was, it was, is it warm in here, right? Do, were you here for that joke? Wait, I need you, Josh, actually. Can you come back really quick? How hard is it to get back in the saddle? Okay, so she said, is, is it warm in here? And, and she said, and people said, no, not really. She said, because it's the winter warmer. See, that's, that's the exact reaction earlier. Now, exactly, that's what she needed. Thank you, thank you. That's, that's what I was going to say. If you have that, everything's funny. So um, thank you, thank you, appreciate that. Um, maybe can we do a drum roll at the end of the message? And I'm serious, is that okay? All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Leading up to This Is Love campaign launch this morning. How many people saw the Rose Bowl? <laughs> How many people don't care about the Rose Bowl? All right, whatever. How many people want to read the Bible this morning? All right, but forget it then. I'm not even going to talk about the Rose Bowl. I don't care. Well, Rose Bowl is a football game, just a heads up. Um, and it's not a big deal, really. But um, at the halftime, there was, they were sensing that it was going to be a pretty good game. Okay? So the coaches get in the locker room, and you know what they said to their teams? They're like, job finished, guys. Go home. You don't have to do anything more because this is halftime. You've already played a good game. No, that's not what they did. They not, the, the coach got in front of the athletes and said, that is just baby. That is like baby step toward the big thing. The big setup is what's about to happen in the next half. So let me talk, you about, talk to you about, this is, this is locker room right now. I want to talk to you about the first half of Highlands Church 2.0 or whatever we're at right now. Last year, we aimed to have an offering and last week we said, can we try to raise $27,000 before midnight in order to finish the year in the black, like not to be in debt by a, as a church. <coughs> by midnight, we raised $22,000, which is incredible. And our total offering for last year was, oh, shoot, I can't even do a drum roll. Let me see. $591,000 for God, which is 591,000 decisions for God. Now, that... That may not seem like a big deal to you, but that's $65,000 more than we were able to raise last year. That's $35,000 from the year before. And like, we're just, we're skyrocketing. It's the highest monthly giving. If you add up all the giving that was given in monthly, month of December, highest that I could find all going all the way back to 2009. There's just so much giving. And so... So I just want to say, like, like, you know, you just might be thinking, like, I don't know, we set these challenges up in front, in front of the congregation, and we say, God, like, I said that last week, and I thought, I shouldn't even say this. I don't want to set people up, but you know what? Sometimes you have to, like, put a big challenge in front of people and say, God can do this. And then truthfully, like, say, okay, God, will you do this? And then participate in, in the work that it takes to make it happen, and then see the Holy Spirit fill in space. And it was unbelievable what happened, really. Um, so anyway, so I just wanted to celebrate that moment. But that's, this is halftime. That's, babe, that's, that's, that's like the, only the beginning. The best part of the game is yet to come, and we've got way more work to do. And we're going to hit the field, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be called This is Love. That's the game plan. And the other team doesn't see it coming. That's the best part. <laughs> this is like innovative, awesome stuff. Actually, it's old school stuff. A lot of people think that the This is Love campaign is something that I invented because I was picking up dog poop in my backyard, which is what I said last week. But that is not what happened. Actually, it's something that I stole and I plagiarized. And I need to apologize for that because I stole it without telling you. But it's from the Bible. And it's from the book of John. But I figured they wouldn't sue me because they wrote it 2,000 years ago. 
um, and pretty much everybody else is plagiarizing it too. So um, this is the book of John, and um, this, this, this book of John, not the book of John, but the, the book First John, Second John, and Third John are three little letters written to the community called the Johannine community. Follow me, people. This is going to be difficult, okay? <coughs> Just getting ready. Okay, so the Johannine community was a group that only had the book of John. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They just had the book of John. There was the Markan community. They, did, they probably didn't even talk to them. They're like, those guys are dumb. We have the book of John. We're really smart. So they had the book of John, and they followed. Every, they, they, that's how they learned about who Jesus was. And they probably compiled the book of John because their community was started by, guess who? Good guess. You guys are, yeah, all right. You're rocket scientists. So basically... <laughs> so basically, this community always talked about love. They're like, love, 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 love. When you went to their church, they served mini donut holes on Sundays. Like, they were crazy. Hot chocolate, coffee, and smiles. They had heart t-shirts on there, and they were known as the happiest, go- best happiest church. But you know what? Halftime came up, and this is the letter that was written to the church at halftime. Good game, guys, but now we're going to take the field. Now we're going to show them what the game is really all about. And, re- and the way we're going to do it is we're going to Get back to the basics, which is like football one-on-one. What's the first thing you teach any kid in football? Number one thing. Good. And how do you catch the ball? And? Yes, keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. Who said that? That's, that's I, I, know, I know it's really hard to follow me, guys. But keep, and that was, that was kind of rude because all those were the right answers. And his Son plays way better football than my son, so that's okay. But his son's six and mine's two, so still time. Anyway, <laughs> his son's like sponsored by Red Bull already, okay? So it's like, it's just like, it just doesn't even compare. So, um, so, so, so keep your eye on the ball. That's what he's saying. He's saying, keep your eye on the ball. And they're like, what's the ball? What's the ball? And he said, love. So here we're going to get into the scripture. And if I seem excited, I am. Because I'm on Sudafed. Do you know what that is? <laughs> I'm feeling great, people. <laughs> okay, so this is the scripture. It says this. The elder, now the, the, scripture, the, the letter says, the elder to the elect lady. Now, I think he was on Sudafed too because he's referring to the church as the elect lady, which is super weird, but it's what they did back then. And um, he refers himself as the elder. And so this author says, the elder to the elect lady and her children. So if the elect lady is the church, who are the children? The congregation, right? And then it says, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace. Read these three words with me. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I was overjoyed to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we have been commanded by the Father. So he's saying, good job. I saw your kids walking in the truth. That's awesome. I saw them walking the walk. They're not just talking the talk. Have you ever heard that before? Don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. I think Johnny Cash, no, that's a different song. Walk the line. But it's... But, but he goes, and then again, he's getting into his weirdness again. But now, dear lady, um, and she's like, oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> he has this, 
Interesting way of referring to the church. Now, dear lady, I ask you, not as though I were writing you a new commandment. This is his keep your eye on the ball moment. But one we had from the beginning, let us love one another. That's the commandment. And, and then I need you to read these three words. This is love. See, I plagiarized it. It's right there. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Just as you've heard it from the beginning, you must walk in it. You talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. That's the rules. Now, in the early church, they did not have, I've heard people come and say, we need more crosses in churches. And I say, why don't we need more fish? And they, they look at me with a blank stare and I say, because the early church didn't have crosses. The earliest church didn't have crosses anywhere. They had fish everywhere because that was the symbol of following Jesus. And they weren't called Christians. They were called the way. Is that cool? I'm part of the way. And the reason why is because Jesus called himself, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the light. And the, what did he say? I'm the truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the light. And, um, but, but the reason is if you follow Jesus, it's not just like he was saying, don't follow a bunch of rules. He's like, you just, you've, you, you got to like kind of learn the way to do things. You got to like learn the operational, like learn how it's done. Have you ever like seen like Karate Kid, for example? Boy, finally. Okay. And so <laughs> there's three people. But the idea is you have to like learn from the master. You have to learn, a, do exactly like wax on, wax off, right? And so, so the master says, do this. And you say, I don't know why I'm doing this. Well, back in the early day, to become a rabbi, to see a rabbi was to see like a, basically a karate jujitsu. And you saw that person, you're like, oh, look, Bruce Lee's walking down the street. I think I'd like to ask him if he'll teach me a little karate. And so they walk up to Jesus, Bruce Lee of, <laughs> Bruce Lee of theology and everything else. And he, he says, the, they, so th- look at this early scripture. This is crazy. The early people of the way, this is Jesus' crashing onto the scene in the book of John which the Johannine community studied and followed, which is the operative word. These are the words. Now before the festival of Passover, no, no, wrong words. <laughs> okay. <coughs> this is the very beginning of the book of John, first chapter. Okay? Your introduction to Jesus if you're reading the book of John. Not the crib, not the manger, none of that stuff. This is the introduction to Jesus. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. John's disciples just started following the Lamb of God. And when Jesus turned and saw them following him, he said to them, back off or I'm going to call the police, which is what do you do? You know, am I getting mugged? What's going on? He says, what are you looking for? And they said to him, rabbi, which means teacher, which means jujitsu master. I am, I, he, and, he, and they, said, he, they said to him, where are you staying? Which is, by the way, the creepiest thing someone who's following you should ever say. <laughs> and he says, the next creepiest thing, which is, come and see. <laughs> and so they do. And they came and stayed with him. And they remained that, with him that day. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And as far as we can tell, they remained with him for a couple of days, according to scripture. Now, that sounds weird, but I used to live in the Caribbean and I had no job. And life was horrible, as you can imagine. And uh, I didn't have anywhere to be at any particular time. And so when I met a friend, I, he would say, come on over to my house. And I'd say, okay, fine. And we'd hang out. And then I'd leave three days later, if it was a good friend. And, and it was just... 
it was just kindness. And, uh, and, and that's how you knew you made a really good friend. These guys left like three days later, followed Jesus to Galilee. Jesus is walking along Galilee. He sees a guy named Philip and he says, Philip, follow me. And Philip, okay, I'll follow you. And so people followed him. But when they followed a rabbi, they didn't just follow him. They said, wow, this guy has a really interesting way of walking. His footsteps are two and a half inches apart instead of two, you know, two, two foot, two inches apart instead of two foot apart. I'm going to try to walk exactly that amount. So they, you ever seen the images of like walking in the sand and following the footsteps of Jesus? They did that, the sand. Oh, let's walk exactly where he walked. Oh, how interesting. He swings his arms like this. Oh, how interesting. He brushes his teeth with his right hand. How interesting. He does all these things. Their job, they knew, was to follow Jesus. Literally, everything he did, they mimicked because they knew that they would discover something. Okay, years ago, I used to go to the museums and I would see these people painting paintings. Have you ever seen that? Gone to a museum, you'll see a person painting a painting. And the more exact their copy of the painting is, the better grade they get in their class. The more they become a master. Why? Because you get inside of the stroke and you get inside of that little bit of art. And if you get close enough and you get if you get perfect enough, then you don't just understand how to do something, you understand why they did it. That's the hope of the person who's copying the master, is to understand why are they doing that green over here and the blue over here? What is the purpose of having this kind of thing happen that way? That is what they wanted to discover when they followed Jesus. Why? And so Jesus then has them follow for three years. He does these miracles. He tells them how to fish. He tells them how to, how to cook. He, he cooks fish for them. He goes up on mountains. He preaches for them. He teaches them. He to- shows them how to heal people. They do all of these wonderful things. And then they flash to the end of Jesus' ministry on the last night of his night, life, and he's about to be crucified and he eats dinner with them. And this is the end of the Johannine gospel of this loving, wonderful community. And this is what we hear. It says these words, now before the festival of Passover, which was the big turkey dinner, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world. He knew that he was gone. He was a goner. And go to the Father. And I love these words. Listen how much love is in here. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Do you hear that? Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. That's so powerful. And then it goes on to say these words. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, some theologians say this is the moment when Jesus like had like all things given into his hands. Like, you know, before that, there was like, they may be wrong, they may be right, but it's just a powerful moment. If you don't, don't glance over those words and say, knowing that this is, that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. All of the universe in his, his hands, all souls, everything, every bit of light, every bit of anything is in Jesus's hands at this moment. What does he do with that? It says, he got up from the table, took off his outer robe, tied a towel around himself. Then he poured, a, poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around them. All the power of the universe, Jesus decides that's the moment when he needs to kneel down before other people who he knows are going to betray him, turn their backs on him, they're going to neglect him, they're going to refuse him, and they're going to be the result that he's murdered on the cross. And his job is to sit down and wash the dirtiest part of their feet. And New Testament feet were seriously nasty. You think your feet are nasty? 
over at the Thai foot massage, they have a word for really nasty feet and they call them New Testament feet. That's not true. And the disciples' response, Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet because that is the lowliest thing anyone could, could do. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't let anybody I loved wash my feet. And Jesus says, but you know what? You can't experience my love unless I wash your feet. What? Peter refuses again. Jesus says, you have to let me do this. Peter refuses again. Jesus says, this has to happen, Peter. So Peter lets him wash his feet. So then at the end of this story says, after Jesus has washed their feet, he put on his robe and he had returned to the table. He sat back down again and he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? And they're like, yeah. And that was weird. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> no. Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right for that is what I am. You call me rabbi. You call me the one that can teach you stuff. He says, so if I, the Lord and your teacher, your rabbi, the one you should follow, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Jesus is like, gotcha. You thought this was cool when Following me was all about catching barrel loads of fish or showing off or having big ex explosive incredible things happening around you. But now I want to now let you know what following me is really about. And he takes all of this outward focus that this ministry has had, all of this focus on, hey, I'm going to go out and love the world. And he says, you got to turn to the person next to you right now and you got to say, I love you. And that's what he says. He says, you actually have to start caring for each other on this level because I have done it for you. It says, you want to be a master jujitsu rabbi of the universe? You want to know the why? Then you have to love each other as I have loved you. You have to care for each other. And then he goes on, and just a chapter later, it says, I give you a new commandment. By the way, when the Bible repeats it, it's important. When Jesus re repeats it, really important. A new commandment, that you love one another. Again, just as I have loved you. As if you're like not getting it in your knuckle, knuckle brain head. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Goes on, chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you Jesus' joy in us, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment. What is the commandment? That you love one another as I have loved you. This is love. This is it. And this is what that, that letter writer was writing to the early Johannine community that was so in the game. They were having such a great game. And they said, you know what? You have to keep your eye on the ball because it's all about loving one another. And, and if you are, are just loving one another a little bit, that's not what Jesus wants you to do. Jesus wants you to go to those uncomfortable places of love. He wants you to go to those places where it's actually pushing you beyond your comfort into a place where you are actually having to expose something of yourself that may be a little bit uncomfortable. And you may be saying, oh, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. And Jesus says, Oh, this is the way. This is the ball. 
This is the game plan. You know, a lot of people have one conception of love, and it's this picture. But I want, I think Jesus wants to expand our conception of love to this picture as well. (laughs) There's a lot of love in that picture. A lot. Some people only think of this as love. Perfect, happy little puppies. But what about the picture of my son last night with 103 temperature, 103.7? Snuggled in bed. My wife called me. I'm I'm like, thank God for Sudafed. I mean, I'm like, (laughs) like, thank God for the nurse that told me about it in this congregation who put up with me texting her and saying, hey, help. And Ben at 10.30 last night overhears in the office, my wife telling me, I can't get Luke's temperature down. It's 103.7. I don't know. Is this the emergency? You know, you're always like, is this the time you take him in? And, um, and then he says, okay, I got to go home. I'm tired. And then I called her like 20 minutes later and she said, you know, Ben showed up at the door with popsicles for Luke and a little matchbox car. Then you look at that picture and you realize there's something really beautiful when the community comes together. When you allow people into your life in the space where they can overhear conversations and where you can trust them and you know that they, 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 they love you and they, they have your best your best interests. You know, that's a picture of love that I think God wants for every single person in this church. And if you don't have it, it may just be the result of you saying, I don't want to be a part of it. Because today, there's like more cookies and chocolate surrounding this room than anybody knows what to do with. And each one of these represents a different group that is just, they're, by the way, they're all the same thing. I hate to break it to you. All of the groups are exactly the same thing. Beloved is a group of women get together. Um, they, all, they all claim they don't like, they, they've never like, like been into groups together. No, it's not like, like groups are not their thing. And so I ran into a woman and she's like, I'm, I'm, groups are really not my thing. I'm like, great, there's a whole group of women upstairs who say that the groups are not their thing. So get up there. So, oh, okay. Finding faith. It's a great opportunity to ask, who's Jesus? Who's God? We meet at a winery. We have dinner together. And um, last Sunday, a couple was baptized that went to that Finding Faith group, the husband and wife, and then we had a thousand balloons drop. Um, Women's Bible study on Tuesday night. Lives changed. 40 women, sometimes 50, sometimes 30. They get together. They have dinner every single week. They have free childcare because we just bribe people into this thing because we want them to be a part of it. This is love. Same thing. Grief share. You have lost a loved one. You have that pain of loss. Could be 10, 10 years ago. Could be 10 weeks ago. Could be yesterday. That's your group. Prayer shawl. That is the most amazing group of women that get together. They say that guys can do it too. Knit. I don't know. A lot has yet to be proven. They meet. We have young adults groups. Awesome. Can I get a shout, for, shout out from a couple of young adults? 
<laughs> See, they're there. And then we have the Mariners and Friends. Can I get some shout out from the Mariners and Friends? They're like, we're not a seniors group. We're seniors and friends. And so they're, but we need to, we need to have a moment of conversation. Your parties are a little off the hook, okay? <laughs> I don't know what to do about it because you're all my elders, but anyway. Um, Financial Peace University, like, um, uh, I think they really like credit cards, right? <laughs> that was like, that was like my best chance. They really like credit cards, right? They're not even like into it, I guess. Okay, they really like credit cards, right? No, okay, okay. Anyway, so they cut up credit cards. That's their favorite thing to do. So um, if, if, if finances have been a burden and not a blessing in your life, they can help you with that, um, help you be free from that. That's what they care about. They're doing it for you. And then they have this community life groups over here, Bob's. Community life groups. I see Anne's community life groups. There's more. There's so many more. And then there's this, this is love. These groups, most, the, the community life groups, they're doing this is love series. But um, if you just fill out that card, we're going to give you like a few minutes now to eat massive amounts of chocolate, massive amounts of cookies, and to walk around and talk to anybody. Anybody in this room can answer you. Anyone wearing a heart shirt can talk to you about any of the groups and sign you up for them. And hold out that little card if you got it. Do you have the one to sign up? And, um, and this, is, this is for you to fill out. You just say, I want Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Just fill out whatever day you want. And we will put you in a group that's perfect for you. We will call you if we don't know you well enough. We will get to know you. We will put you in a group that's going to be a great group. Okay? And it'll happen next week and it'll be four weeks. No more than four weeks. Okay? Four weeks and done. That's the promise. You can be like, all you have to do is grind your teeth for four weeks. You won't. You'll, you'll love it. You'll grind your teeth on the cookies. That's what you'll grind your teeth on. And there's childcare at some of them. You got it, guys? Where's Josh? I need Josh so bad right now. All right, any drummer. Is there another drummer? Okay, all right. Get, come on, let's get Josh up here. He's going to do a drum roll to kick off this thing. <coughs> and um, I just think you guys, I think you guys might be underestimating how cool this series is going to be because the This Is Love series is just getting started. All these groups for This Is Love are going to talk about this. And I'm writing the curriculum for it. And it's, um, it's awesome. It's all plagiarized, by the way. Um, you ready? All right. How do you do a drum roll? I don't know. Do you do a countdown to a drum roll or something like that? All right. And so, ready? Oh, anyway, have fun. See you later. Let's, let's say a prayer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for this. This is love thing. We need your help, Lord. And uh, we thank you so much for being the way, for showing us the way. And Lord, I pray that in this time, even though we're going to be talking about groups, that what we're really going to be doing is we're going to be getting to know each other. So the next five minutes, Lord, let us all just stay here and get to know each other, get to know one new person and, and, and follow that, take that command of yours seriously to love one another. We pray this in Jesus, your holy name. And all God's people said, hold on, hold on, drum roll. Drum roll. Dead. Amen. All right, there we go. Amen. <laughs>